Clear. background noise throughout the day but it's just airplanes so it's not it's, it's not really noise. good background noise yeah right. this is this is the best seat in the house that's right we got sky riders now we got sky riders, we got sky riders now. now does that say you cap i can't it's got a runway in the front yard <laughs> and you're in sight clear left turkey national ground good afternoon sir taxi via foxtrot and delta You're in uncontrolled airspace. EAA Radio welcomes back the long-running general aviation podcast, Uncontrolled Airspace, to share the microphone for 90 minutes of virtual hangar flying. Now, here are the voices in your head, the UCAP gang, Jeb Burnside, Dave Higdon, and the producer and stage manager for Uncontrolled Airspace, Jack Hodgson. folks, and uh, welcome to episode 201 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. We're recording this episode this morning on Sunday morning, August 1st, 2010, and we have returned to one of our favorite places in the world. We're on the front porch here, up on the second floor level of the EAA radio building here on the flight line at AirVenture Oshkosh 2010. Good morning, boys. How you doing? Uh, Jeb, uh, Jeb Burnside is here, <laughs> and Dave Higdon is here. And, uh, but, but and, and your name again is is, <laughs> and they're laughing because I pointed to the wrong one as I was introducing them. I'm Jack Hodgson, and uh, we're also going to have. We, when did he get promoted? I don't know. Producer and stage manager. As well, if anybody could manage I, this. Like anybody could stage us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just keep in mind, I control the horizontal. I control the vertical. Uh-huh. And, yes. Uh, but video killed the radio guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so here we are again. This is really great out here. Yes. Uh, we're out on the deck on the second floor uh, overlooking the, uh, the uh, very front edge of the uh, AirVenture flight line. Uh, and then beyond that is the taxiway, and they're queuing up airplanes for departure on 1-8 to the south. We got, them, we got them in sight staging on the blue dot on 1-8. Yeah. So uh, this is a great airplane. What's this airplane right down in front of us the, here? Black fuselage with the yellow wings. That's uh, an old, uh, I think we said Stinson cabin or something. Oh, so this is the same model as that other gray one that we saw flying the other day? Randy, could be. What is that? You know, I, I'm trying to remember. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Even Randy doesn't know what it is. That's uh, okay. part of Greg okay. Herrick's collection. So, uh, well, we can Google the in number while we're standing here. Yeah, except we have no internet. We we just barely have audio well, for the. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh, you have your Android. I have phone. my Droid. <laughs> It is not the droid we were looking for. So the detail bonanza on the roll out there. You probably hear it in the distance. And uh, we uh, got to watch one of our uh, one of our favorite uh, uh, participants in the forums, Champ Guy, about ten minutes ago off one eight. And oh, really? Getting ready to head west, where he's going to sit out some weather, and then blast back to Oregon as fast as 65 horsepower will take it. Man, that's grassroots aviation. I'll it tell is. You. It fly, really fly is. Fly a champ. A champ. It's a champ with no electrical system, right? I mean, it's a true champ, right? It's it's yeah. It's, it's a basic airplane. Yeah. And he flew it all the way out here to Wisconsin from Oregon. Uh, and uh, now he's turned around and flying it back. Yet again. He's done it, what, three times, I think, right? That's what he said the other night. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's been quite a week. Uh, this is uh, Sunday morning. It's the final day of, uh, of EAA Air Adventure 2000. Fairchild. It's a Fairchild. 1928. Uh-huh. Fairchild FC-2-W2. Serial number 531. Okay. Man. It's a beautiful airplane. It is. Uh, it, it really is. It's sort of similar to the plane we were talking about uh, on an earlier episode. It has a has sort of the look of a, f well, no, you know, it doesn't have the look of a Ford It's got a black fuselage. It's got rescue me yellow wings and, and, and uh, vertical stab. I never uh, heard it referred to that before. Rescue me yellow. Uh, <laughs> as, as opposed to arrest me red. Yeah. <laughs> got a big uh, radial and, and, engine on the front. And, and they're uh, unfolding the wings. They, they drug it from out in front of the uh, Federal Pavilion uh, with the wings folded. Yeah. And now they're, uh, there's about five people there working to put the wings uh, back in place. And, uh, do a good I, job. Do a good job. I, yeah. expect, I expect we'll hear that big round rumble up here before we're done. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, would, yeah. I would imagine. Oh, I would yeah. imagine. So... Uh, so it's been quite a week. This has just been uh, quite a, I don't know, call it momentous air venture. Well, it's uh, definitely uh, been distinctive. It's, it's, it's been, uh, um, yeah, distinctive. It's been dynamic. It, it's been singular for, for yeah. uh, the... Um, um, That's a good word. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the circumstances... Um, we started the, the vibe, week. Yeah. yeah, we started the week thinking, you know, not that, not that there wasn't going to be an air venture, but that it was, you know, how are we ever going to get all the people going in to be the ground? Due, was too, uh, perhaps. You know? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, ironically, I guess you'd say, uh, although weather threatened the event for early on, the weather was in fact beautiful all week long. I mean, it's just been spectacular. Yeah, we had a little bit of overnight showers one evening in the show, but uh, and, and some really gorgeous fog this morning, really. Uh, but after Monday night, Tuesday morning, it's been really excellent. Flying's yeah. been good. Uh -huh. uh, last number I heard was on Thursday. They already had over 9,500 airplanes, yep. which means that they were making up for a lot of lost ground. Uh, Tuesday was supposed to, we were told, was their highest single day attendance ever. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people... Listened to us on Monday and said, "Well, it's well, if crowded. they're there, I, we can get there." Right? Yeah, they're, they're nothing special about those guys. Uh, boy, isn't that the truth? Any uh, any particularly notable events throughout the week? Any uh, big news stories? Or uh... well, let's see. We had a little bit of the heat come out from under the kettle over hundred low lead. Yeah, it does seem yeah, like that story's yeah. really starting to to heat heat up. It, it well, it's it's a little of both. It's it's you know, there's there's Incremental progress, but at the same time, one of those uh, increments was um, the EPA coming out and saying, "Well, look, there's no deadline here, and uh, there's there's." Um, now explain this to me, though. I would think that we in aviation would say that's a good thing. Well, our, our, it is. So it, we're happy. It, it that is no on one deadline. level. On another level, um, as as Dave correctly notes, it it takes the heat off. It, the the heat the heat on the tea kettle just got turned down a little bit. Right. Um, as, as we spoke the other night, or as, as we were talking, I think, in the Potapalooza uh, episode, um, this is a, not a chemical problem. This is not a, a productional problem. This is not an industry problem, industrial problem. This is a political problem. Yeah. yeah. And um, on one level, having more time to sort out a political problem is not necessarily a good thing. No. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, wouldn't it be good if we had the motivation that we right. had to solve this problem right. well, finally? I think, I, I think this push is, is, is finally started the ball rolling. 
And if we're smart, the ball will keep rolling. But what happened when I say that the heat came off the kettle a little bit was the EPA made a, uh, a statement saying that uh, it really wasn't their place to regulate aviation fuels. The FAA allegedly came back and said, well, yeah, they do have the regulatory authority, but we're all working together. There he is. And uh, at the same time, uh, the EPA reiterated what's happening here. The Friends of the Earth requested the EPA make a determination of harm from the little bit of lead that's in our fuel. The EPA issued an advance notice of proposal of rulemaking, easy for me to say, that they were going to look into it. We're a long way from them issuing a declaration, if in fact they do it all. And if once they issue such a declaration, the impact of that is not specifically known. They can, you know, technically, I, I, if, if memory serves, I mean, they can issue such a declaration that, that lead in, in aviation fuel causes harm, but then decide that that harm is so minuscule that that allowing it to continue as is 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 in the public interest. Um, and the economic yeah. impact of do, undoing that would be greater than the little bit of harm right. that leaving it in place does. Now, so. now for years there's been certain uh, um, uh, episodes, if you will, of of uh, concern and perhaps even scare tactics uh, associated with uh, the lead itself. Uh, there is a very limited, uh, uh, if not only one, producer of tetraethyl lead in the world. Uh, if that producer decides he or she wants to stop producing tetraethyl lead, then what are we going to do about hundred low lead? Uh, that's which is the constituent in, in the in the uh, fuel. And it's that, not a political problem. It's it, a that's, supply problem. That's that, exactly right. So uh, it's good on on several levels that we're paying attention to this issue. It's not so good that um, it's, it's become something of a political uh, football. It is good that we've dialed back, the, as, as the uh, boys from, uh, from the movie would say, we've dialed the power level down from 11. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we just had the tri-motor land. Yeah, I just, you know, got an RV on the roll. Um, we've got a... Experimental uh, single-engine Aerostar. With a turboprop. Yeah. They yeah. took the wings, the piston engines off oh. the wings. Yeah. Put a single-engine turboprop on it. This is the airplane we saw last year. Uh-huh. Um, it was, I don't know, it wasn't clear whether it was finished last Breezy year. Breezy just touched down. Yep. The RV's lifting off. There's yeah. Columbia. Uh, I'm sorry. A Corvette. Is it a Columbia? Is it a Corvallis? Is it, it a Lancer? Is it a Lancer? Only its maker knows. Yeah. It's... A floor polish and a dessert top. Yeah. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a quick break here. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the airplanes we're seeing around us when we come back. We're out here uh, high atop the uh, EA radio porch, uh, overlooking the AirVenture 2010 flight line. You're listening to a very special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. With more episodes than appendages, they'll have to stop counting soon. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. And we're back out here on the flight line, high above runway 18. They don't know that Jack actually has 20 toes, do they? No, no. <laughs> Joining us here up on the deck now, uh, I, I keep calling it the deck, but I, I apparently EAA Radio calls it uh, the porch. They call it the front the porch. porch. And, uh, but James Winbrandt is here now. Morning, James. How are you doing? Morning. Great. Great to be here. A little bit of 
bittersweet morning, last day of uh, Oshkosh. Yep, yep. Can we hear James all right? Are we are we good? Yeah. He had to turn the mics on. Ah, okay. Oh, it always helps. Ah, that's, there that's we much go. Better. Yeah. There we go. As the guy said when we were driving onto the site this morning, this is the one we've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> the so, end is here. Yeah. So many, so many awesome airplanes. That's one of the reasons we like to hang out up here. Is uh, you just look around and you just never. Uh, no, there's no end to the fascinating airplanes. There's a C-17 way down there on the uh, airline uh, terminal ramp or near there. Um, or maybe that's out on the Warbird ramp. I'm not sure. It's, it's, not, it's not on the runway, Jack. It's, we'll have a talk about we'll that. Have, we'll have a convinced. chat about that. Yeah. Uh, we were mentioning earlier, an, what's that airplane taking off here on the roll? I think that's the Mr. Mulligan replica. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Beautiful old airplane. Lockheed Vega. Yep. Yeah. Got the breezy down here on the grass. Uh, Keeps doing circuits, loading new passengers every time around. Got a V-tail taxiing up. Got a straight tail 172, 180, 185 taxiing up. Um, uh, 33 series Bonanza, looking good. Yep. Got an experimental here that's uh, built from Aerostar parts, except it's a single-engine turboprop instead of a twin reset. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting airplane. And of course, the uh, the 800-pound gorilla off to our right to the South is uh, <laughs> the C5. Is a C5 just happens to be sitting out well, here. Well, we got a DC7. We've got um, a DC3. Um, I think Jack's had a compass implanted in his hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he came out here last night and researched it all. <laughs> That's right. A little tape mark. He had a little map. I've got yeah. all kinds of things yeah. painted on the ground. Doing a Sarah Palin thing on the hand, you know. You James to square that south. <laughs> well, it's uh, a different kind of audio soundtrack here because early in the week we're used to hearing a lot of engines powered back as we see aircraft because right. they're landing today it's all full bore and we see them all departing yeah yeah yep. uh how was the week for you james did you have fun i had a great time as always it's ending and you say what happened uh there was an air show and i didn't even see it right. you know we we have the blessing and the curse of being right in the center of things yep. and covering yep. things but at the same time that could give you a little bit of myopia so i'm actually hoping to see a little bit of the show today get out to the hangars see what's new yep. yeah that's kind of my dance card today yeah likewise too. yeah likewise um we had a great breakfast this morning i just want to tout the uh the uh, tall pines cafe uh run by the vintage division of the of vaa um way down to the southern end of the field near yeah, the, the uh, farm near the uh, farm near the ultralight area uh and uh and uh Without a doubt, the best breakfast on the field. And uh, this year, um, they don't usually serve breakfast on Sunday morning. Right. Um, but they made an exception this year, and so we were able to go down this morning and, and catch breakfast, and that was a lot of fun. That was very pleasant. And the reason they made the exception is because they did not run out of food. Yeah, they yeah. still had plenty of food. Because fewer people are here because... Right. Part, I think, fewer people were here earlier in exactly. the week. Exactly. Right. And I've had people ask me, come up to me so... And I don't know why they come up to me and ask, but in the last couple of days, so how has it been attendance-wise? And, of course, it's not till the end of the show that they really come out with those numbers, but I think sometimes they get everyone gets a little too focused on those numbers and whether that means it's been a good show or a bad show. I think yeah, and that's this, not necessarily proportional. No. This I, has been a great show in terms of the recovery that from the yeah. first Sunday yeah. weekend. Two, two, two data points. Well, not first one, not really a data point. Just... Uh, uh, one more uh, um, episode, uh, one more uh, um, citation of uh, all the volunteer work that went on here. 
Um, just amazing how they uh, they pulled together under these adverse circumstances and, and made all this work. Um, and and you know we can still use the field again. There's no ruts. There's uh, uh, um, people are happy. It's, it's not a big deal. Um, that's not to say that we didn't have some dramatic moments earlier in the week, but uh, the other the other thing, just a data point, walking around the hangars yesterday and talking to some of the vendors and 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 asking them how their how their week went and and how the traffic by their booth was, uh, I didn't hear anybody say anything uh, uh, bad about. You know, they might have been down a little bit from last year. One guy said he's had the best year ever. Um, another vendor said this is their first year. They're definitely coming back. Uh, things like that. So. Uh, it, it was certainly a good show. It is, it, it, there's a lot of memories uh, associated with it that are perhaps a little bit different from other shows. Yeah. Now, sometimes we look to this show for new airplanes, big new developments. I can't say I saw a lot of no. new things. And well, that's a well, one thing we overlooked in the, in the previous segment, uh, talking about news here at the show, I think we have to acknowledge uh, uh, EAA naming a new president. Yep, we did talk about that in an earlier episode, right. but that's that is big news. That's probably, I mean, as it turns out, that may have been the biggest piece of news of the week. Perhaps, yeah. You know, at least at least for the long-term impact on EA. Yeah, yeah, and in terms of like breaking news, I mean, you know, right. the the fuel thing is an ongoing discussion. Right. A lot of these things are ongoing discussions. That was kind of a surprise. Um, and uh, it, who uh, somebody who interviewed him for the newspaper? I forget who now. Who interviewed him? Uh, 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 Hightower. Rob. Randy Dufar did because uh, he talked to him about Stearman restorations. Yeah, okay. We're going to get Randy on a mic a little bit later on and ask him what he thinks about that. You, as I understand it, attended the Meet the Administrator session this week. Is that I correct? Did. I did. What was the tone there? Were, were people friendly, happy? Were they giving him a hard time? Uh, that's a notorious session. Historically, it can be very, very confrontational. Uh, how was it this year? It was not confrontational. Uh, there were no big issues. I guess, if anything, Avgas is one of the overriding concerns. Uh, FAA Administrator Randy Babbitt went out of his way to take the bull by the horns and say we are working with the EPA and with industry to come up with a solution. Uh, about 24 hours before he was there, there had been some brouhaha over uh, a misunderstanding Pleasure or a disagreement with, with the EPA and the FAA over what was going to happen with fuels and would EPA play ball and the administrator went out of his way to say no everybody's on board and we're going to assure that everyone have, has Avgas and he also said that they are not looking for a piece by piece solution where we will license this fuel for that engine this one for that they want a universal equivalent of Avgas for all GA aircraft and that that seemed to be comforting to folks. At uh -huh. least nobody raised a big stink about it in the Q&A. Uh, there had been discussion that you had to submit questions beforehand. I didn't get the sense that that is what happened. In fact, people were called. Uh, the issue that came up in that Q&A through the fence, which the administrator addressed last year and said, well, we'll look well. into this seriously. Somebody said, well, it's been a year. <laughs> What's going on? And he said, actually, they've had teams out he said uh, at first 75 airports that have through the fence agreements they were examining coming up with rules and by the end of summer according to the administrator we would hear something definitive which summer uh, good one <laughs> i assumed he meant this one 
<laughs> now, another thing that was a little bit notable about that session is that, uh, of course, it belongs to the FAA administrator, but the Secretary of Transportation put in an appearance. He did. Did he uh, just kind of come out and wave and say hi, or did he say anything? He essentially said that, except in the high was, we believe in what you're doing. The Department of Transportation recognizes the importance of general aviation to this country and to the world. We're here to tell you to continue. We're 100% behind you. Now, I don't know if that's the same as 1,000% behind you, as we've heard before, which is quite that, right before you walk the plank. Well, I did, I did the interview with SecDot right, uh, uh, that you, same day during the one Meet one. the Administrator right. uh, session. And he used the the 1,000 percent figure, so, so um, it's already been discounted 99. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it, the, the meet the administrator session uh, 10 years ago was a lot more contentious. It was a lot less structured, and um, uh, for ill or for good, the uh, the agency has gotten a better handle on uh, how to do that and how not to do that. Perhaps more importantly, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I. Uh, as much as I appreciate the uh, the good secretary's uh, statements uh, of support, I would sure like to see that philosophy actually reflected in some of the uh, some of the work that they're doing, like the the future of aviation committee. Uh, great respect for Jack Pelton at Cessna, but having one body on a panel where you've got a couple of dozen from the airlines, the airline well, labor, and airline academia on. It doesn't make me feel like there's a thousand percent support, and I'd rather have them out front leading than behind pushing. Well, while there may be a thousand percent support for general aviation, maybe there's ten thousand percent support for the airlines. There maybe it's just a, a, a relative thing. Yeah. Well, the... Uh, we are talking about news that is not immediate news, but long-term things. The uh, Avgas Coalition, one uh, symposium I went to, I thought was very interesting, and for me had the most import of what I saw here at AirVenture this year, and that was the electric symposium, the electric aircraft symposium. Yeah, that's true. That was another subject that was sort of got a lot of a lot of, uh, of uh, visibility this year. Is, uh, is electric. It true that that got interrupted when the battery died. Yeah. <laughs> He's, James, that's one of our daily episodes, had a little bit of a battery problem <laughs> earlier this week. Well, but, it's uh, funny because electric aircraft has a bit of a battery problem. It's universally acknowledged that the bottleneck in electric aircraft now is the battery issue. But what was good to see was industry coming together to sponsor this day-long symposium that they had to move to the Eagle Hangar because of this overflow audience. And again, Administrator Babbitt was there uh, and to make the opening remarks. And he said, well, when they said, come and talk about uh, electric aircraft, I thought they meant, you know, coffee with four people. And there were several hundred people that were packed into there. Uh, some very interesting approaches we see here the uh, firefly that sikorsky brought 15-minute helicopter they're working on that bert rutan came and gave one of his typically idiosyncratic addresses that was quite interesting and touched on <laughs> that's not what i thought you were about to say okay. <laughs> idiosyncratic good word yes, yes. okay yes and, and touched upon a, a number of kind of blue sky Technologies and ideas that are always uh, entertaining and thought-provoking. Ryan, careful, David. 
We're trying to identify that didn't aircraft mute, David. Here, I guess. <laughs> that didn't mute. That didn't mute. That didn't mute. Uh, Anyways, just, we're we getting got close. This really gorgeous Ryan STW. Just yeah, we're getting off. close to taking a break here. Uh, a lot of beautiful airplanes. I wish we could show you all of them. There's a camera. Oh, it's looking at us now. Hi. Uh, there's a, a number of webcams oh, no, that are just uh, broke. mounted around the uh, field here, and uh, you can go to, I believe you go to uh, earadio.net uh, and find links into the webcams, or maybe directly through ea.org. But uh, there are webcams showing you a lot of the different activities going around the field. Uh, but we have a, a spectacular view here of all the different airplanes that are departing, and it's just an amazing variety. Uh, what and is this? A really tiger of some sort? We're really sorry about the view of us. So. Yeah, there's a tiger out here. Yes. Uh, and that's the Sabor scratch-built experimental. What is it again? A Sabor. Never heard of that one. Okay. It was in our paper. It was in the newspaper, yeah. Oh, yeah. I read every word of it, except those. Uh, he only reads around the field. Remind me here. T-28 I want to Trojan. Thank you. 28. T-28. Um, big, big airplane. Man, I don't know if you can hear that engine. Oh, yeah. That's great. Look at the size of that tail. Hook. Yeah. <laughs> what a nice tail that is. The C5 is still down here and uh, just uh, presumably getting ready to uh, get out of here. I, I'm it seems like it's moved since we started talking about oh, it. Oh, it was in Aeroshell Square. Well, it certainly was, but now. it's out here. And uh, I'm hoping we're going to get a chance to hear that take off uh, during our little podcast here. I think they were trying to replace a backup. Line. But in the meantime, we need to take a break. So uh, I just want to remind everyone who's listening on the uh, on EA Radio or on the live stream that we would love to have you join us in our, uh, in our virtual hangar on the podcast every week. You can uh, learn more about how to do that at our website, Uncontrolled. Uncontrolledairspace.org. For now, com. 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 Uncontrolledairspace.com. Cut him off now. Yeah. <laughs> and, no more uh, Bloody Marys for you this morning. You're listening to a very special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Jeb, Dave, and Jack, they're so popular they stopped returning Burt Rutan's phone calls. This is Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. And we are back from our little break here. They're faking us out here. We used to have nice long breaks. We could have, go out and, you know, have That's a little beverage they, or something. They, but they, uh, they like to listen to you. But anyways, we are back. Um, so uh, we're trying to work out the, uh, arrange some extra microphones here so that we can have the world premiere of a new original piece of music all about uh, Air Venture and the whole, uh, the whole nope. Oshkosh experience. And... Uh, James is giving me, give me hand signals like, where well, am I I'm going to do I, this? Oh, right? yeah, because I think it could be a little And I'm not sure. We, just, we were just in there here. talking to about it, and they're going to figure it out, and they're going to tell us. But uh, it may be as simple as you get out your guitars, and we hold up one of these headset mics to you. Wow. Uh, so anyways, what else is going on here? Uh, David, what kind of stories? You, know, you had a very different kind of view. Uh, we got out focusing on individual stories. You got a chance to... Uh, to review, to literally edit every story that went into the newspaper. Are there any stories that jumped out at you this week? Any that maybe didn't get the attention that they ought to have? Uh, that's not a question I was really prepared for. No, no. I, I kind of set in on some of that, uh, some of David's work during the week. Um, there were there were no blockbuster news stories this week. You know, we, we talked uh, earlier about you know a couple of possibilities. But there were a lot of, of incremental, uh, um, evolutionary types of things going on. Um, a, a new uh, a, a new ADS in ADSB inbox, for example, a portable box. Um, 
improvements in one technology or another, uh, things like that. Um, there was some new charting products, some right. new stuff for the iPad. Jefferson announced some new stuff uh, specifically for the iPad and its its chart and plate products. Uh, Howie Keefe's uh, Operation uh, Air Charts. They they uh, are doing some new stuff. Uh, the uh, the folks at Honeywell they were able to uh, come here and say, well, their 840 uh, primary flight display is. TSO ready to go and right. even has flight director supports flight director functionality. They have they have charts now on some of their portable products. They, they've had well, I mean, they, they got IFR yeah, and VFR right, on right. their Aviator and Aviator Eight. Right. Uh, there's, there's some new thing they've got on the on those products now. Um, the uh, Bose has a new headset. Yeah. Replacing yep. the Bose Ten. Um, things like that, uh, as I say, not revolutionary, but certainly evolutionary. And we we won't go back over the Kestrel thing because we had Alan on right on uh, on uh, Monday evening. Well, we've seen uh, a new proposed certificated aircraft on display here, which shows that there is continuing enthusiasm right. in this down market. Gibbs uh, Arrow of Australia got the type certificate for their turbocharged version of the G, uh, the GA-8. Uh, they've been selling it already in Australia. Oh, that's the Gippsland yes. Airman. Right, what right. is interesting is that they announced also that uh, an Indian conglomerate, Mahindra and Mahindra, had purchased them, completed the purchase just a few days prior to Oshkosh, and the CEO of Mahindra, $7 billion conglomerate, and the fact that India is now investing in general aviation is i think also an interesting indication yeah and we're going to have uh we're expecting a, a, a visitor here a little bit that uh, we'll talk a little bit more about lsa yeah dan's going to come by that'll and, be great uh, and uh you hear that dan we're waiting on you yeah, we're waiting on you it's not time yet i don't think what no time? it's 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 a little he's early. got time yeah no yeah. no he's not coming in for about a half an hour so we got plenty of time uh just joining us on the headsets here on the porch is uh, our good buddy rick reynolds from eaa can you the take up on number five? Today. Good. Say, hey. say good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Rick. How hey, are you doing? It works. Good morning. Oh, and a lovely morning it is. Huh? It truly is. You and you and Dave are the two people that I have the most sympathy for in terms of how hard you had to work and how hard you had to <laughs> keep your head down and uh, all week long. And uh, how how the week go for you? Pretty good. Uh, yeah. Boy, great crew this year. Had some new faces and they, they yeah. you know messed yep. right in with us. This is at uh, the Air Venture Today newspaper. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We did, and uh, it, it, you know, I have a relatively small role, but it did seem to go pretty smoothly, and uh, it's it's always a great group of people. It's a really, really pleasant place to to hang out and work throughout the week. What it uh, ma what made it really feel good from my seat, sitting next to Rick, was just how much we had to roll and adapt with the change in rhythm because of the the, the stories that needed to be covered earlier in the week that we've never. They haven't existed before. They weren't the usual type of opening day, pre-opening day stuff. Uh, we sent Randy and, and Barb and some others out to the remote campgrounds where people were were uh, uh, displaced to because of the wet grounds. Uh, rolling with that was really good. We got a lot of airplane stuff in. We had two great interns uh, on the writing desk. We had a great photo editor uh, and young Jamie on, on that desk. Uh, it it hummed along pretty good. It wasn't that it was glitch-free, but we were able to roll with everything that was thrown at us and still get it out, and, and, and in pretty good shape, I think. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the thing is, you know, when we start our, our first paper, is usually a amalgam of you know preview stuff and stuff that we've talked about over the previous six months or so. We actually had a story to do and yeah. to cover, and yeah. we and yeah. I think we did a pretty good job of it. Uh, yeah, we had to go live on, on on a day when normally it's a, a lot lower intensity level. Exactly. Yeah. Now, which story are you talking about? I'm talking about the story of the wet grounds and yeah. displaced yep. uh, people and and how. You know, in the true EAA spirit, everyone yep. pulled together and uh, made the best of it, did what had to be done. Yeah. And by, you know, the second or third day, well, we were, it was their venture. It's yeah. Kind of, it was, yeah, it was back it to normal. It was not Splash Kosh anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really, it really the, 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 the two extremes of this week are pretty amazing because it really was a mess, you know, uh, wet ground-wise um, early at the beginning of the week. And now you look around, and other than the fact that the crowds are a little smaller because of that, um, it's you d- wouldn't know from the That's facilities right. that that this had happened. I mean, the, the, everybody kept it together and kept everything going. I understand Camp Scholler's a little bit more of a mess than uh, right, yeah. uh, but but out here on the flight line, out here in all the airplane parking, um, the uh, the EAA, uh, uh, you know. Uh, Ground volunteers, the parking folks, did an excellent job of protecting the uh, the grass areas, the turf, and uh, and then restoring it afterwards. They were doing a lot of rolling. They were doing like pumping uh, standing water out, and sure. uh, um, it's pretty remarkable comparing it now to the way it was a week ago. And, and the community here, you know, we can't discount that effort. They they uh, needed hard services to park the large campers. Right. And- and you're talking about the larger community, Oshkosh and, Osh- and around. Absolutely, yeah. and even the the satellite airports as well. Mm-hmm. You know, accommodated what needed to be done. And yeah, Fond du Lac had an overflow crowd of uh, people camping with their airplanes, and they're always an overflow airport. Uh, but I don't think they ever had a crowd camp down there. Uh, Appleton had more airplanes than it ever has. Manitowoc loaded up. Did I pronounce that right? Manitowoc. No, you still got to get Fond du Lac. Bondy Lack, yeah, Wisconsin Menasha. I've been working on Menasha. <laughs> and, and, you know, the other, the other thing about this, though, is, is everybody took it in stride. No one lost their cool. Yeah. I, I was talking to a couple of guys, you know, uh, uh, they, they flew into, uh, I don't know, got as far as Milwaukee or something like that and knew that the field was closed and uh, they were going to go on into Oshkosh the next day and uh, got into Oshkosh or got in within range and discovered that no, Oshkosh was closed to arrivals after all and they diverted to Fond du Lac and ended up, uh, I think, in Appleton before it was over with. And the summation of all that discussion on the part of this pilot was a shrug of the shoulders. Hey, I'm at Oshkosh. Who cares? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I heard. It, it, what's funny, what the contrast here is that typically there's this little percentage of irritating people. They're like fleas or ticks. You know, you you can't go outside sometimes without getting one of them under your skin. And then no matter how good it is, how great it is, they find the little niggling things to go, me, 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 me. And I heard none of that this week. Yeah. Yeah. None of that this week. It's really true. We, uh, we were out interviewing people in the field, and uh, you know, and then we're obviously covering the story. And you might expect to come across people who are upset about the whole thing. They weren't. No, they, they weren't. Were just kind of like, you know. And I think it was a big component of, I'm here, so what could be wrong? Yeah, you know? yeah I'm here. Yeah. Others aren't. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But but Randy, I think it was, went down to Fond du Lac to interview people, and apparently they were all content down there as well. The people who are still hanging out down in the distance. So, well, early in the week, I spoke to a number of the representatives of the various type clubs that usually come in on Moss, B2 Osh, the Moonies, Cessnas. They were all making do where they were, yeah, doing they, their activities at the airports they were stuck at, even as they were dealing with, well, geez, do we yeah. give up the hotel rooms here? We don't know. Yeah. Here goes Jeb's airplane. Oh, I hope not. 
No, no. The, uh, <laughs> a lake, it's a lake amphibian, I believe, right? Yes. <laughs> On the roll there. Down, boy. Down. Heel. <laughs> hey, there goes my airplane. What the hey? <laughs> and now, is that a Remos or is that a... Uh, I can't. I don't think it's a CT, but it is a CT. Is it a CT with that ventral fin? I got the airplane guys. What's that? What's that? Cantilevered versus non-cantilevered. Yeah, but I was looking at the ventral fin under the tail. I don't know. And then finally, we have one of the trimotors on the roll here. The trimotor. The trimotor. Is there only one this year? Well, that's the EAA. The EAA trimotor. Okay, yeah. Uh, continuing to give rides. They do that all throughout the week, uh, and they just kind of go round and round and round. And, uh, oh, I see. They're working on our little little uh, guitar-playing musical interlude thing here, so uh, we're about to have that set up. Uh, what else is going on? The jet. I want to hear about this jet helicopter guy. You, so we talked about it earlier in the week. Did you actually go see it, James? Uh, I don't know that it ever flew. Uh, oh, really? Yes. It was supposed to fly in a couple of different days, and I heard it didn't. And this is not jet, it's rocket propelled. Uh, it actually has a couple of rocket, small rocket motors, uh, one each right. on the On the blades. tips of the rotors, yes. yeah. Uh, so the jet guy, um, and then the cluster balloon guy, all right? Uh, that was amazing. Uh, you know what? I was pretty dubious going in. I gave it a lot of crap, but it turned out to be kind of cool, all right? Um, and you got to hand it to the guy. You just got to hand it to the guy because... Almost 12... Almost 12 hours. Right. Yeah, I know. In a sling seat across Lake Michigan. At night. At night. Yeah. I mean, I thought that this guy was going to, like, fly to the other side of Lake Winnebago, which is just a lake right adjacent to the I airport I thought he here. was just going as far as Artie and Ed's for carry Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was uh, going to land in Oz. And I woke up in the middle of the... <laughs> I happened to wake up in the middle of the night and, and noticed a message on my phone, and it directed me to look at the at the radar map that you can get on the web, and I discovered that this guy was like over the out over the middle of Lake Michigan at 11,000 feet above, you know, MSL, and uh, and just fly. You know, I mean, flying. I mean, drifting or whatever it is you say, with all respect, whatever it is you say about about uh, lighter than aircraft, and he's just. You know, and if you look at the picture, I mean, we're not even talking about a basket here. You know, we're talking like he's like in a sling, you know, yep. you know, with like a couple of little, uh, a little, uh, you know, coolers he's just, he's hanging harnessed in. off to the left and right. Yeah. And he's uh, all harnessed in. He's at least things have progressed a little from the pioneering days of this form of aviation. You didn't have to bring a BB gun to shoot out the balloons <laughs> to get back on the ground. Well, apparently you use a knife now. And, on a stick, I don't know. Poke the balloon. Yeah, this is not know? lawn chair, Larry. I don't know. That's I'm, I, once but, again, I'm I'm, I'm but abusing But it's not that much more sophisticated either. It's well, cool. It had an end number too. You know, how much more sophistication can you get? It, helium bag, helium. Well, I mean, you can you can you can progress from a lawn chair to a sling. How's that? I, I yeah. cannot tell you how much I wish I had a yeah. helium balloon right now. <laughs> and to end numbers. That's right. Well, there's it, progress. It, yeah, that's right. You got an end number out of the whole deal. Yeah. So. yeah. And, and, and he's a rated balloon pilot. Yeah, and the end number ends in the letters UP. 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 Uh, upper Peninsula? And that's Upper Peninsula. That, yeah. Maybe that was the destination he intended. Uh, I don't think that's what it was. Hey, the C5 is pushing back here. Uh, so I think we're going to get a chance to watch this guy take off in front of us. That would be kind of cool. Is it? You might... Those part, wheel trucks are off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So they can turn. Oh, yeah, probably. Uh, what he's saying is that the uh, the front the front row of, uh, of wheels on the uh, now look at main the guy. Gear. Look at the guy sticking out of the top of the fuselage just yeah. after the cockpit. Yeah. He's making sure he, they don't hit the hangar door. I'll bet he doesn't do that in flight. <laughs> 
So we're going to come back in a few minutes and see uh, how the progress is of the C5 getting ready to take off. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to take a little break here. You're listening to a very special episode oh. of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. EAA Radio, live from the flight line and close to the action. When they're at Oshkosh, there's way more to talk about than videos on YouTube. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Hey, we're back out here high above runway 18 at uh, Whitman Regional Airport when in Oshkosh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. There's no to talk and, about uh, just, just, YouTube videos. Just to point out the juxtaposition here. Welcome there's back. There's a breezy. Airspace on EAA Radio. Are, we, are we back? What are we yeah. doing? We are back. Oh, we're here in there's a breezy. at the same time. There yeah, we go. Okay. There's a breezy uh, uh, in the run-up area uh, getting ready to depart, and, and uh, a couple of hundred yards away, the C-5 is being pushed onto the runway. Uh, don't know what that, uh, I don't know what their exact plan is, but uh, they got traffic backed up, and, well, the breezy just shut down in place, so I guess what they're going to do is maybe push the C-5 onto the runway and line it up and then fire up the engine and let them blast uh, out so of maybe here. Maybe they were going to have a spot landing contest, see if the breezy could get in the rear ramp and stop before it gets to the cockpit ladder. Well... Yeah, yeah that, that, that could be. I think uh, they're going to have a problem with wingtip clearance. This guy seems to be in a hurry to get someplace. This is one of the air show planes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's Kyle Franklin. And he's taxiing well, down. That's his airplane. Good and fast. James, why don't you stay over this way? Yeah. Yeah. So while, while we possibly have a few minutes here, so... Uh, so we had a little preview of this the other day, um, and now James, give us a little background here. Who, uh, where did this song come from? Did you write this, or? Yeah, I wrote this because. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's James have a little sound test from check from James. Yeah. When I when I we do start this, this may get a little loud. I, I got it. Yeah. Step over. Yeah, step we're over. Just, everybody, just be careful of the cords. We're all just adjusting here live. Step over. All right, I'm gonna try and not trip. This is live radio. There, there, we, go. there we go. All right. Okay. We got we got to beat the C5 here. So, uh, all right. And is this microphone live right here? Okay. All right. Uh, just give us 30 seconds on what this song is all about, where it came from, whatnot, and. Uh, well, this is an amazing event we all witness, and we can write about it, we can take pictures, but sometimes you have to sing about it, too. Okay. And that's uh, kind of what it's about, about our favorite spot here. There's so many things to write about, and this is just one, so maybe we'll have more in the future. Okay, and what's it called? This is called North 40. Go for it. One, two... I'm back in Oshkosh, but I'm not home yet. My friends are waiting and the chairs are set. Out by the runway that runs east-west, where the campers are the coolest and the parties are the best. I'm talking North 40. So good to be back again. We're gonna have a party and watch the airplanes land. The camp of the Bonanza crew Five roofs down, yet got the Moonies too But both roofs bond like a band of brothers Cause each one knows that plane is better than the others On the North 40 So good to be back again We're gonna have a party And watch the airplanes land a waving jolly rod. 
Roger marks the road where the women fly and the spirits flow. They watch the landing where the hungry stare, cause when they call for pizza, it's delivered by air on the North 40. So good to see you again. Yeah, everybody, come watch the airplanes land. I've been waiting for a whole long year to take my spot on the line. Ain't no fun a place to watch the planes and hear. Check out the twin Comanche on short final runway nine. It might rain, it might hail. They might even drag a patty to jail. But you can't wipe the smiles off the faces at the spot where planes turn a field into a parking lot. I'm talking. I'll be wearing wings on my final flight. When I pass those gates, I'll know it's heaven, cause they'll open to a view of 927 on the North 40. So good to be back again. We're gonna have a party and watch the airplanes land. Yeah! North 40. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's terrific. That was great. That's James Winbrand and Rick Reynolds doing the, uh, the, the, world premiere, the world premiere. The world broadcast premiere of North 40. Uh, that's terrific, guys. I got, a, I, got, I got a feeling that's going to show up somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, we got to like shoot before we leave here. We got to go shoot the music video out in sure. the actual that's right. party. That's right. right. Before yeah. they all disappear. That was great. That was well worth the uh, the logistics and the uh, wrapping much, wires around our ankles. And much and, uh, thanks to the production crew here at EAA Radio for making this happen. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Good job, guys. The guys know how to punt. Way to go. Thanks. They can dance. So they're pushing the C5 out on uh, runway 18. They're pushing their sort of a the way those guys are leaning hard. It's on kind of a they're back pushing taxi. it up to Appleton. It looks like I'm yeah. not sure. I don't know how much runway they need. No, <laughs> all of it, probably. all of it. Yeah. yeah. How much you got? <laughs> Eight thousand and two, man. Eight thousand and two. This is why they got it. They've they got added those last two feet for this guy. How do they make sure that it doesn't kind of jackknife as they're backing it up with one tow truck pushing? Uh, it, That's a really heavy tow truck. Practice. I don't know. They, but I mean, they, they got a guy holding holding a little bit of pressure on the right brake. 
<laughs> I would imagine they've done this before, but they're slowly pushing it backwards uh, northbound on runway 18. They're trying to get it way up to the uh, very, very end of the runway to give them as much distance as possible. Meanwhile, we just had a really pretty polished Swift. Yeah. That's easy to say. Well, we, had a, we had a whole bunch of airplanes that were, were backed up here because the, air, the, the C-5 was blocking 18 temporarily, and now that it's past the, uh, the intersection, uh, all these guys that are, all this pent-up departures are now zooming out there. They're shooting them out left and right. One, on one thing we have here that we don't see a whole lot of is a BD-4. Yeah. Looks And it looks like a nice, uh, nicely uh, done airplane. Where uh, is it? Which one is that's it? That's the uh, right. orange and white high wing there on the on the 90-degree uh, taxiway. Second from the end I see it. Right yep. at the moment. That's a... Uh, was that one of the, this is a Jim Beatty design, right. is what you're saying. Jim Beatty uh, one of the early ones before he, uh, well, it was well, before it was the five. Four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, before the five. <laughs> what a smart aleck. <laughs> well, we have Wrongway Corrigan trying to get into the aeroshell ramp. Uh, I don't know what this guy's up to. Uh, so what else he, happened this he, week? He said, what do you mean it's closing day? I just got here. Oh, I should have checked my. Said, I've been in. I've been in a pattern over Fonda Lock since Thursday. That's right. Yeah. Um, what else is going on here? I mean, it's just a lot of activity all of a sudden. Like I said, uh, a lot of people were waiting for the C5 to get past uh, down here in the. Uh, I know. I, our friend arrived. I was going to try and decide whether we should welcome you in right now or wait until after the break. Uh, Dan Johnson arrived. I don't know if we can hear you. Say something. See if we can hear you. Say something. There we go. We oh, can. Oh, man, huh? he's quick. He he's, is. He's always been Can't quick. Can't put a right. thing past him. <laughs> Good morning. How are you doing? We're going to talk about LSAs when we come back after the break, but how are you doing? What's going on? Have you had a chance to look at any regular airplanes while you're here? I finally got out a little bit. Oh, you know, regular airplanes, that's way out of my pocketbook, so I stick down in my little space. So, but Long-time listeners will know that you are the one who is responsible for our friend Higdon being a pilot. Uh, Sorry and, about that. Yeah, we've yeah. never forgiven him. <laughs> you guys go back uh, into the old days of... Uh, the old days of, uh, of uh, the ultra, dark ages. Uh, uh, hang gliding and, uh, and were you an ultralight guy too? Or we you... were young and beautiful in those days. Yeah, well, it's well, Deed, well, yeah, Deed, hard to believe, but hard I'll take your word for it. They were young. Deed right. was already a licensed pilot and a commercial rated pilot and instrument when he started his hang gliding school. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 Did, uh, flight instruction at Powaukee Airport back when. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then he came down to uh, Raccoon Mountain, Crystal Air Sports Hotel, uh, the, uh, the the flight park there, the tram, the Alpine Mountain Slide. What yep, time that was? Yep, that's yep. What? Back in the 70s. Learn to be a tram operator. Not the, like the not like an air venture tram, but the one that goes up a mountain. Uh huh. Right yeah. On cable car. No, so wait a minute. So you were flying conventional aircraft um, uh, and certificated aircraft, and then you got moved into hang gliding. Well, you know, I, I mean, was, what, what I was doing flight instruction and charter work and that kind of stuff, but I couldn't afford the airplanes. I was a young guy. Ah, okay. And hang gliding was a way to afford something. That's that, what I was going to ask. So I heard this rumor that you could that flights of an hour were not uncommon, and I went, <laughs> hey, there's something there now. So uh -huh. yep. it took me a few years before I ever got one of those hour-long flights, but uh, <laughs> it finally happened. And so tell us about Dave back in those early days, because... We were we were thinking about this the other day. We were we were, uh, we, were we were talking about uh, Dave's earlier professional career. Uh, uh, had some service in the Navy, and I'm 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 trying to visualize that. And I said, "You got any any pictures?" Yeah, yeah we, we want to see pictures of Dave in his, in his uniform. There, we want to see. We, him we don't quite go that far back. Yeah. Uh, well, they didn't have cameras back then. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. those glass plates that you made. Right. Uh, yeah. Had to be etched on there by hand. So uh, we, uh, we were hanging out in Chattanooga with a, 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 
a, a really great bunch of people. Uh, flying Lookout, Flying Raccoon, Flying the Sequatchie Valley, Whitwell, Dunlap. It was uh, a very exciting time, no question. But you know, we've watched some transitions, and Dave's watched them all right along with me. That there was a whole period when hang gliding just accelerated, and everybody yeah. everywhere was talking about it. And then it kind of matured, and uh, the equipment mm -hmm. got lots better, and the uh, safety record got lots better, and along with that went away some of its visibility, ironically. Yeah. And then along came power on those things, and those eventually became ultralights. And that went through a similar phase of right. growth, and everybody got into it, and, and then that sort of evolved to light sports. So light sports seem new, but to me it's been the same game for about 30 years. Sure, yeah, sure. It's, it's really just... Ten years ago, we were talking about fat ultralights and, and, and two-seaters on waivers, and uh, USUA and, and, and EAA had been trying to get the FAA to do something that would make this more legitimate and not have it, you know, cruising in the gray area of the pattern, if you will. And uh, finally, we got the light sport. That's exactly sport what pilot. led to it. You know, that whole ARAC went on for years and right. years and years, supposedly to fix uh, ultralights that they operated under an exemption for more than 20 years. Exemptions are supposed to be short-lived, and that one was two decades. Yeah. Um, and it served a lot of purpose, but it finally became time to, it needed to go somewhere next. And so light sport came along, and that's been a pretty happy experience. Yeah, yeah. What was, uh, we're going to have to take a break in just a couple minutes here, but what was, what was the early days of, of hang gliding and uh, um, ultralights like in relation to uh, traditional flying to the rest of the flying community. Were were you welcomed, or were you suspected, or were no, you or were you just off on your hills and nobody paid any attention? What was that like? One of the beauties of early hang gliding is you were remote, and ultralight shared some of that too. So you could operate, you could do whatever you wanted, and nobody really knew you were doing it. And uh, that's a good way to have innovation really explode. Yep. Because there's nobody saying you can't do that. You do whatever you wanted, and you paid the price for those mistakes you might have made, but you also could just accelerate. We one time had more than 300 hang glider manufacturers in yeah. this country. More than 300. Yeah. Uh, including uh, one, one or two in Wichita. Oh, yeah. They were, they were everywhere. Flyable Heck, I had one in Chicago myself. In Chicago. That's about as flat as it possibly yeah, it's, gets. Yeah, it's about as flat as Wichita. And we uh, didn't know about towing in those days, so we had to go over to Michigan to find a sand dune to How many today are there? Uh, basically two. Wow. Uh, and one of them is uh, one of the world leaders, Will's Wing. They've been around since the very beginning, and they do a great job. Uh, it's no wonder they've survived all this time. They get a lot of business acumen as well as knowing how to design hang gliders. Good marketing, Sam. And they continue to do very well. They've had active businesses. Uh, even even during this economic downturn, I talked to them, and things are holding up pretty well, so that's cool. But uh, And another one up in uh, Washington State that also makes wings for trikes, which is really where they got uh, a lot of inertia in their business. Yeah, and yeah. We, we started putting engines on hang gliders, first with the uh, Soarmaster, infamously called the Towmaster by some, because if you got your feet too far back, <laughs> this aluminum propeller would... Uh, oh, what was that? Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. yeah what shape you know, your toenails. Trim, trim your toenails. toenails. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. But when, when we started flying, you know, uh, engines on hang gliders, we were generally still running off mountaintops. Uh -huh. And then trikes came along, and, and, and John Moody and, and, and the... Uh, to push your set up on an easy riser. And the next thing you know, we're, sh we're, we're showing up at airports, and that's when our relationship with the rest of the aviation community got a little bit uh, Well, you know, there's a pecking order, too. Even the hang glider guys, who by now are starting to get sort of established and mature, didn't welcome the engines. Oh, right. yeah. So those kind of guys had nowhere to go for a while. You couldn't sure. go to an airport. You couldn't go to a hang gliding park, which there were many of. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just had to go to some farmer's field, basically. Mm -hmm. and yeah. 
Hey, listen, we've got to take a break now, uh, but we're going to be back, and we're going to talk more about this, and we're going to talk about the, uh, the whole new exciting world, or it's not so new anymore, of uh, LSA. Right and if you can't hear it, it is a, it, it is a rush hour at AirVenture. It sure is. They've taken the tow bar off the C5. They're starting to get it all fixed up to, uh, to launch her out of here. So uh, The tow bar has its own wheels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. That's bar. how big the tow bar There's for the C5 is. For the tow bar. Yeah. And, right. Uh, anyways, we're going to take a break here. You're listening to a very special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. There's Dave Higdon behind a camera lens, Jack Hodgson behind a mic, and Jeb Burnside, well, he's just behind. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. <laughs> I think that's Dave and my favorite. We like that one. <laughs> Jeb's just not saying anything. I, I, I'm just outnumbered on this one, so I'm going to keep my powder dry. But there will be retribution. We're up here on the uh, front porch, what we call the deck, our favorite place in the world, uh, at uh, EA Radio, uh, on the flight line of AirVenture Oshkosh 2010. And there's just all kinds of activity going on here around in front of us. Uh, the C-5 is uh, getting prepared out on the runway for its departure. Uh, it's hard to say how long it's going to be before it does that. I, I have no experience on all the, all the things you, they you have You will to... probably notice it, though, when it starts to Yeah, you will probably right. notice it. In the meantime, a lot of other airplanes, just about every shape and size of airplane you can imagine, is taxiing out in front of us here. Look at the little yellow one. What's that, David? The little yellow one there that's right in position? Yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, I don't recognize it either. I don't either. That's kind of cool. It's very small. It's a low-wing uh, Looks uh, like monoplane. it's got a Volkswagen engine. Yeah. Uh, looks like a or little two-seater two side-by-side. Um, it's kind of cute. I cannot tell you. Kind of cute. And we got a, uh, a uh, what is this? Is this, is this? A goose. Or a a goose. It's not an albatross. Yeah, it's a, uh, That's a goose, yeah. A uh, big twin-engined amphibian. With, uh, with uh, PT-6s uh, on it. Right, right. Uh, and so that's on the roll now. The little yellow guy's about to go. And had two uh, widgeons go out in front of it. Yeah. Oh, there's another one of these little guys. There's a gray one over there, too. Oh, well, he's a tail dragger. Interesting airplane. I wish I knew what that was. Jeff, yeah, get on oh, the internet. Remind me of the No, I'm not. You, use your own phone. <laughs> Are you sure that's a two-seater or is that a single-seater? Uh, I could think be it's single. a single-seater. Yeah, I think it's a Hummel. A Hummel. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No? I don't think so. Or maybe based on it, but. Yep. It's cool. I always enjoy seeing single seaters, though. Yeah. Sort of a, sort of a, almost a lost art in aviation. But the uh, Sonex guys have a new one, uh -huh. which they saved a lot of money on their decal. You know, they have yeah. nice decals that say Sonex. They just cut off the S. There you go. They made it a one X. <laughs> <laughs> it's a single seater. Dan Johnson is here. Uh, uh, James Winbrand is still here. Of course, Jeb and Dave are here. Rick's still here, but he's we, we've run out of headsets, so he's just kind of kibitzing and. Uh, he's going to head out to uh, another one of the EA uh, Oshkosh activities here. Thanks for coming by, Rick, and uh, and uh, participating in uh, the world premiere. Thanks for the help with that. We'll catch up with you later. North for sure. 40 and uh, Happy shaking Strumlin hands there. all around. We'll all see right. you later on this afternoon. Thanks, Rick. Thank man. you, Rick Reynolds. So, so how, was business, how was business for the LSA people this week? Well, you know, we've been trotting around here the last couple of days of the show because everybody always asks us, uh, were there any sales? And at Sun and Fun, it was a delight to report 20-plus uh, sales right at the show. That means, and, you know, what's a sale? Well, we go a very substantial deposit, not a couple of hundred dollars, not even a thousand, but several thousand bucks makes a, uh, as a deposit makes a legit uh, plan or, or a claimed sale. Those don't all work out, but balancing that is the fact that if there's one at the show, there's probably another one waiting a month, two, five months later, whatever. And uh, so our current count is about 14. Here not at AirVenture, that's, that's not great. a bad number. That's great. Yeah. Not a bad number at all. 
Uh, any new designs uh, this year since either last year or, or the spring when we were all down in Florida? Uh, uh, since uh, since then, no, not uh, not too much that we've seen. Although, uh, what's the the one of the interesting areas some, of some development is the so-called flying car concept. Yeah, and no one kidding. of the most intriguing ones is that uh, Maverick done by the missionary people that work down in the Andes of South America. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with this one. Tell us about it. It's a powered parachute, but it's also a vehicle, uh, and it uses a Subaru engine, which is not ASTM certified, but doesn't have to be on a powered parachute. It does not meet the federal, uh, all those alphabet letters that mean the federal guys that uh, determine what's got to be on a car, because it doesn't have to, because it's a kit car. But they drove that thing all the way from Orlando, Florida to here. Yeah. Oh, is that the one that we saw some art that showed right. them going through the drive-up window one. at right. McDonald's? Right. right, yeah, okay. And my understanding is part of the idea of it is that you are supposed to be able to instruct an indigenous individual with no education, formal education how to operate it in a matter of hours. Well, power parachutes uh, only required by FAA to get 12 hours, and even that, most of the people who do instruction in them say, you know, after six or eight, given normal aptitude, of course, some people take a little longer, but given normal aptitude, after after six or eight hours, there's not a whole lot more to do because they're that simple. They've done some very clever work on that, Maverick. I, you know, I, I thought it was kind of a cool concept, and then I watched their video on their website. They've got a bunch of neat videos you can go look at at uh, maverickLSA.com. And, uh, man, this little dune buggy thing that... Uh, is the ground vehicle part of it really hauls uh, you know what around the around the grounds and is able to handle rough terrain which is necessary in the andes they got tiny little landing areas and those are usually rough so a powered parachute normally lays its canopy on the ground and then inflates it as they move forward a few feet doesn't take long but you do have to lay it on the ground they didn't want to do that there because the spaces are so restricted they needed to have it up early and they didn't want to drag it across branches and other stuff that could foul the lines so they've got a big carbon fiber mass that goes up literally like uh, about 20 feet and holds, maybe more than that, and holds the top of the center of the wing, just holds it up there the whole time. Huh. That's clever. And that's then when clever. they land, they fold it down. The whole wing goes in the roof of the car. The whole thing's got a zippered enclosure that's very nicely done. The whole thing is very clever, a lot of good thinking. They've stuffed the wing up in the... Uh, top of the canopy they fold the boom it, it collapses down like uh, like the way you run a flag up a pole with a line, set of lines it telescopes up and it telescopes back down they lay it alongside the thing and off they drive and when it's on the ground it can hold a front and when it's in the air it holds somebody front and somebody rear because uh, that's all it's allowed under LSA but when it gets on the ground that back seat is wide enough for three people so they can actually haul some stuff around mm -hmm. so this is they didn't make it to sell they made it to go do things down in the, it's called iTech. That's Indigenous Peoples Technology and Education Center. And they've been working okay. down there for years and years and years, second generation of missionaries, doing some really neat stuff. But now they've found some, some potential buyers. So Now, I live in New York, and it's very difficult for me to get to my airport and my airplane. Uh, I don't have a car. So could I get a Maverick and... Take off from a New York City street, go over the Hudson. And <laughs> sure, once. Absolutely. <laughs> Until they shoot you probably, down, of course. Probably once. only once. <laughs> Would it be legal for, for that? or? Uh, well, you know, depending on airspace, yes, absolutely. Where do James, I order one? James, I've been and in downtown New York, so you can't hardly find a parking place, let alone a runway. James, just let us know where to send the memorial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll bake a cake, and we'll get the file in there, and, and we'll come see you and all that. Yeah. So. 
Dan, we were down in the ultralight area last evening, and uh, one of the things we were commenting on is how much more energy that area has than in past years, uh, recent past years. Um, but it was only after the fact that it occurred to me that a lot of the energy we were seeing down there weren't actually ultralights, like Part 103 ultralights. They were LSA aircraft that were down there. Well, yeah. What's uh, this? I mean, and, and I'm not... Uh, that's exciting. I like that. You know, um, is it just me, or are we seeing more LSA aircraft taking advantage of that area down there? Well, it's a real obvious place. You know, if you go, I did uh, this this week. I finally got my chance to go fly the Skycatcher. That was up at Appleton. By the time I left the grounds, got up there, did the flying, came back, I'm four hours invested. Yeah, right. Uh, to do an hour and ten minute flight. You know, it's it's worth it to do what you want to do, and maybe even for a lot of people who attend the event, it's kind of nice to get away for a little while. But you know, if you want to really make it accessible to people that little runway down there works fine for the majority of our lsa given you got to be a qualified pilot because it's a it's a it's a non-standard approach yeah it's a definitely a non-standard approach well and there's been kind of a migration re reversal a lot of those folks decided the lsa folks that had been down there with their kits and fat ultralights for years and years they all left for a while right they all left they felt like they had to be up here because everybody else was up here and then it kind of waited against the Gee, I can't demo out of here. Well, some of what we're offering them with the LSA Mall. Now, the bigger producers, they got bigger displays and all the rest of that. But uh, some of the smaller dis uh, uh, producers can have a space down there, very economical, and then have another. They've got to have a paid exhibit space before you can be in the LSA Mall. That's the deal we made with EAA and the same thing with Sunny Fund. So they can't just have something here. And we're in a fairly high traffic area up here. But now they can have one airplane up here, put somebody with it, and talk sales or whatever they like but then send them down to the ultralight area where they can fly or look it over some more or sign well, a contract if that's what they want. Like, uh, I was seeing more actual 103 legal ultralights down there, too. That, yeah. That's true, too, and I just spoke with uh, CGS Aviation, who's got a, uh, a legal 103 with electric start with brakes, with instruments, and a full enclosure at right. 248 pounds. Yeah, so don't tell me it can't be done on we a We were looking flight. at it last night. Uh, and it, he said he's had more interest in that than all of his other airplanes there. Really? Yeah, we talked to Steve Berenger about it a little bit, and he was all smiles. He goes, I haven't been able to fly it yet. I've been flying demos <laughs> in the two-seaters all week. So. Sure, he had to do demos, but uh, it looks really neat. And uh, I talked to him. I said, well, at that weight, you guys are candidates for electric. You know, what's going on with electric power? The ASTM Standard Committee is working on that stuff. Uh, got well along this week, actually. They had meetings this week. Uh, but, you know, that whole technology, it's not good for somebody in a two-seater wanting to fly 500 miles. Technology's not there yet. But it is on little joy machines that want to go fly for an hour sure. or so. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they've got a good candidate for it, so they're going to look into that. Now, uh, flight design showing their metal concept. It's got its LSA paper. It's got a compliance paperwork, finally, right? Yes. Yep. And they were showing off a new sim, motion sim. Yeah, and that, did you try that thing? It's, I haven't. I haven't been. It's, there's no hydraulics. There's no mechanical. It's all a balance relationship. When you move the stick, just because you move the stick, it kind of banks a little bit. Well, it's, uh, it's like, you, like a link trainer. It's not the way the link trainer is all be or analog mechanical. Well, it was all. It was all electrics and tubes and all oh, this okay, stuff. Yeah. He's talking about a strictly. Yeah, really? Leverage. You don't need to plug in anything is except, there, except the computer that's up front to show right. you what's ever on the screen. Is there, and I, we've heard about we talked about it on the podcast. Is there one of those here? Yeah, the Flight Where? Design has one in their booth, and there's another uh, uh, company that's got one over in the LSA Mall. It's, yeah. a, it's a product out of Canada, and it was made for gamers. Oh, but, yeah, okay. But it works for, it's, it's sure. pretty legitimate. It yeah. gives up. A pretty real sensation. You hit the rudder pedals and the, it yaws a little bit, and uh, it's it's very clever thinking somebody yeah. did. It's uh -huh. only it's inexpensive. It's about uh, three grand or something for the whole 
uh, without the computer and the software for that. But you know, they're all using X Plane now. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, that's after, what drives. After Microsoft it. gave up the game for some reason. They had yeah. the most popular video, uh, most popular computer game in the world. And I, I don't know till when that was true, but and then they shut it down completely. I, yeah. I don't get that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so X Plane's got that all to themselves now, but uh, they're working. Same one that Icon uses. They had a nice uh, simulator as well. We're going to see more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we have to go away for one last break, and then we'll be back for our final segment here from uh, AirVenture 2010. Uh, the uh, the uh, great old. Uh, uh, um, what did you guys call it? You said it was something one two. What was the name of this aircraft? Fairchild. Fairchild uh, is uh, been pushed out a little bit further, uh, closer to the runway. They're trying to get it started here. They had the propeller turning a moment ago. I thought it was actually going to start. No, they were just they pulling it through. Oh, uh, well, I no, saw them pulling it through, it but they had it spinning, oh, and yes. uh, I don't know if they shut it down or if it didn't quite catch. But a mock it's start, getting ready yeah. to go. For, uh, the uh, Ford Trimotor is out here on the taxiway getting ready for its turn. The C5 continues to prepare. Oh, no, it's Jaws. It's got its mouth. It's going to swallow that airplane. Ah! He's making reference to the fact that the nose of the airplane is up, is open. They so had they to get, get the tow bar. They, have to they forgot the tow, the tow bar. bar. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting yeah, to, fear, need that I'm starting to fear we're not going to get to see that one take off before we finish up here this morning, but uh, we'll see how that works. Anyways, we you do have to take a break. Tri actually. We'll be back for one final segment here at uh, AirVenture Oshkosh. You're listening to a very special episode of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast on EAA Radio. Here is today's Flying Manners tip from Jeb Burnside. Wheels up should never be before 12 noon. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Welcome back. It's We're good to be here. It is good to be here. Yes. It it's, uh, it's, but it's... It's nice and warm today, isn't it? It's oh, a lovely it's day. Toasty, yeah. yeah. It's very, very warm out here on the deck. Uh, it would have been nice to have a little bit of shade, but we'll take it in order to uh, watch the airplane. Well, when out you here. mix this much sunshine, sunshine with this much hot air, it's just naturally <laughs> it's a volatile mixture. What you're saying is that once you go off the air, the, the temperature will cool down five degrees. Once we all stop talking, the humidity alone will drop 15 <laughs> points. <laughs> Dan, one of the things that's still on our list, at least uh, I know Jeb and Wise list, maybe Dave as well, is to uh, visit the LSA Mall this morning. Excellent. Or, um, uh, any particular highlights we should be looking out for there? And uh, Well, I want to do a little bragging point. Uh, as far as uh, exhibits go out here, of course, not areas, not vintage and whatnot, but as exhibits go, the LSA Mall has more airplanes in it than any other exhibit at Oshkosh. There you go. Boo yeah. and so, wah. So we were uh, totally full. 16 airplanes is what we had room for. We filled it up completely, even in this economic climate. Well, and that leaves 84 models that, are, yeah, right. that, that aren't there. We had all the leading ones, but that doesn't even begin to cover the whole realm. No no question about it. We'd have to really, we'd have to take up most of Oshkosh to show them all, but I don't think they'd probably allow that. So. Well, you were talking about the, the, the huge number of hang gliding manufacturers, and I remember the wild and woolly early days of the ultralight movement. We'd come here, go to Sun and Fun. Yep, a lot of them, There'd too. There'd be 200-plus manufacturers showing 300 different model airplanes, many of which were actually available. <laughs> <laughs> and some would actually fly. Some of them would actually survive the flight. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got uh, 70. We hit 77. We've lost a couple due to the economy and uh, their own issues. Uh, but we still have 72 producers of 109 models approved all in five years' time. Yeah. I don't think there's anything like it in aviation history, and this is a global phenomenon. There's 12 countries that already accept ASTM standards in one form or another, and another 30 looking at it, and one of the biggest ones is China. Mm -hmm. uh, they're starting to come alive. Indus had a wonderful uh, standing room only press conference, uh, the most I've ever seen at an LSA press conference, to announce they had, they're not buying from China, they're not having stuff made in China, they have Chinese investment. 
Oh, okay. And they've dedicated a 147 square kilometer area. That's a lot of space with airspace up to 10,000 feet. One year ago here at AirVenture, there was no civilian airspace available. Only uh, airline, military, and some uh, biz jet people with good government connections, but uh, no civilian use of airspace. Now they've got a big chunk with 10,000 feet uh, airspace, and, and they're looking to enlarge that, but they want to kind of make it non-chaotic, they said. So they're taking it in steps, but that is a huge change, I think. And you know, the middle class there is about 100 million. Yes, right. there's a yeah. huge number of very poor people, but there are more Mercedes automobiles. bigger than the middle class here. Yeah, well, about the same size. So, I mean, really, it's a thing to be reckoned with. There were more Mercedes automobiles sold in China in 2008 than any other country on the planet. Yeah. Well, so go figure. There is not. There is money there to be had, and they can enjoy aviation more and more, apparently. So that's yeah. very cool. Uh -huh. Well, we had uh, Jeb did a piece in, in the role of our government relations reporter this week about the, uh, the opening up of... Uh, uh, access to sport pilots in the Bahamas. Oh, is that right? I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bahamian government has uh, changed their rules to allow U.S. US certificated sport pilots to fly to and from the Bahamas, and of course within the Bahamas, using only a sport pilot's license. Oh, beautiful. And a driver's license as a medical certificate. See, I knew there was a reason why I needed to come up here and talk there, to there you There you gurus, go. So. There you go. Well, you gotta read the newspaper. <laughs> That's right. Told me something I should have known myself, but now I'm better educated. Yeah. yeah the, uh, you basically just have to be in compliance with all the uh, U.S. federal air regulations that uh, uh, govern sport uh, pilots license in light sport aircraft. Excellent. And, well, it doesn't Give, even have to all be light sport aircraft. We've got, uh, That's right. It can be legacy. So. Yeah, yeah, as long as it meets the parameters, right? Right. Right. Uh, right. But yeah. that's very cool. Thanks for educating me. Yeah. And that's 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 an important first step, I think, because yeah. uh, uh, the aircraft have, are winning acceptance in other parts of the yes, world. Yes, right, right. It's the ticket that's, that's what a limitation. Shows, right. Yeah. So yeah. I think we're going to see uh, one of our guys, uh, the Llama Europe guy that we have uh, helping us in that uh, area, is called it. And what he describes it as global LSA. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a push to try and make these things accepted in every country with a basic certification package so it doesn't cost millions and millions to go get approval all over. Yeah, uh -huh. here's, yeah. here's my question of the year. Look at oh. that guy go. Whoa, that's an acceleration there. That's a Mustang. That's a Razorback. It's a Razorback, yeah. It's like a, an A or that's B. That's a Reddale. Yeah. yeah. So is the FAA... Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I want to interrupt for one more second here. So the fear... Oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, I think I can. Oh, oh, Come on. So it's almost got it. We're waiting for the Fairchild to fire up. This is an example of the golden age of aviation. We're out here watching them trying to hand prop this big He's getting paid by the engine start. By the blade pass. It's spinning, and it spins for a few seconds, and it just peters out. And so, anyways, I'm sorry, David. You were... That's all right. That's all right. Their noise is more important than mine. Uh, <laughs> we weren't going to say anything like that. We get any like mileage. That, well, you don't have to. That's a given. We know uh, it. <laughs> the FAA, anywhere closer to coming to its census about this uh, sport pilot CFI thing, where if you get your sport pilot's license from a sport uh, light sport instructor, the hours don't apply to your private pilot's license, because why? Well, uh, what what doesn't, what a, what a sport pilot instructor can't do, for example, is give you any instrument or stuff like that. Uh, but all the time does count. 
Uh, that's a that's kind of a misnomer. People don't. People, okay, people yeah, because aren't clear we've been that. told that it it didn't count. You had to do the whole forty hours over. No, again. that's not that's not true. That's, and I've heard, time I've, counts. It does count. And you know, and assuming it's given by a proper instructor. I saw, I saw a letter from one of the councils that you know said, well, because of this and that and the other. And one of the things he mentioned was, can't give uh, under the hood work in right, but. You got 20 hours left over where you can do that, and, yes. and the, you know that brings out the whiskey tangle foxtrot question in my brain. Yeah, exactly. So you know, there's still a lot of. I mean, we're only five years into this, what I call a grand experiment, and uh, there's still a lot of confusion about the aircraft, about the pilot side of it, uh, what it all means. But what a very interesting happened here at AirVenture 2010 that I found uh, very keen. I knew that FAA has been announcing all along that if this experiment works with industry consensus standards for certification, it was going to rise into some level of GA. What I didn't know was that the GA crowd is highly enthusiastic about that mm -hmm. and doesn't want we LSA folks to screw it up. Right. Uh, if we do our job well, it can come to them. So they're actually saying, how can we help you not screw it up? Yeah. And that is very cool. And I really, I guess I knew that, but I didn't really get it until so this week. I, I want to be sure that this is, I'm not foobarring this. So if you get your sport pilot ticket through a sport pilot CFI, you don't have to redo the whole 40. You just have to meet the remainder of the of, of the training requirements. That's that right. That 20 you got in getting your sport pilot is all applicable to. Assuming a pilot and uh, instructor, uh, instructor and aircraft were properly qualified and met the standards in every way, yes, that time does count okay. 100%. Yeah. And what about this audit of the first airplane and, and that the FAA was talking about? Uh, the assessment that they did the and yes. their plans to do some auditing. Uh, yeah, they're, 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 you know, they, they have to look into it. They have their ultimate responsibility. So they went out and kind of examined things, and they found some holes in the program, of course. Nobody's perfect. Cessna doesn't do everything perfectly either. But... Um, mostly they were happy. If you caught the FAA administrator's comment, he did it here last year, he did it in Sun and Fun earlier this year, he did it again here, and the word that was used was the LS safety, safety record was quote-unquote marvelous. That's something when the FAA big guy yeah, says uh -huh. that stuff. We're starting to reach the end of our allotted time here. One quick question. Um, I hope it's quick. Uh, about <laughs> six or eight months ago, we started hearing from people on the, uh, through the podcast and in the forums. Um, you talk about private pilots being en enthusiastic about LSA. Um, they're having a hard time finding places where they could rent an LSA of some sort. And so we started asking people to tell us if they knew of them. And we're starting to now see a, at first a trickle and now a, a, a growing stream of listeners telling us about uh, FBOs around the country that are renting LSA aircraft. Um, it is happening, right? There are a lot of them. It yeah. is, and if you'll permit an unabashed plug, I have a list. That's what I was oh. going with. There we go. Tell us where people can look at that list and get more information about LSA. Thank you very much. It's uh, The website is bydanjohnson.com. Uh, it's a byline, just like you see in any newspaper or any magazine. It's by somebody, and these are this one's by Dan Johnson. We have something on there, on there called the FIRM list. FIRM stands for Flight Instruction, Rental, and Maintenance of Light Sport Aircraft Only. It's all verified stuff. We don't put you on there until we've called you and checked it out. We don't just offer a listing and you tell us whatever and we accept that. We go verify it, and we're approaching uh, 400 entries of that. There are quite a few places uh, where you can go find any of those services, and it's all listed by brand and model, and you can click around and change the listing however you want as a user, and it's free. So Excellent. there's no really no reason not to go there. Buy DanJohnson.com and just look for the firm list on the homepage.
That's great. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for Dan letting for, me plug that. Thank you, Dan, for coming by this morning and for uh, sitting out in the hot with us. But uh, you got a chance to watch some airplanes. So Very that's cool. Pretty cool. That's uh, pretty you guys cool. are just a lot of fun to talk right, to. Great. And I've been hearing a lot of good things on the way over here. Somebody said, hey, I heard you going to the UCAP thing. Just some guy walking by. And I went, <laughs> cool. <laughs> you guys are on Boggles the mind. It you guys are on the radar. The Five years from now, this will be the UCAP air venture. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be all right. Stick I around think for that might be going a little far. <laughs> Stick around for the last few minutes if you like. But I thank will. you for coming by. We appreciate it. I will. So we're wrapping this thing up. Uh, real quickly, uh, what are you guys doing for the rest of the day? we got one more day, one more half day here at AirVenture. Jeb, what are you going to try uh, and do? Filling in the gaps or, or checking in the boxes. I haven't had a chance to check. We talked earlier about the LSA Mall. Uh, a few other uh, exhibits I want to get around to. Uh, a few other uh, people I want to visit. Um, but otherwise, it's, it's uh, I'm looking forward to a slow day here. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've kind of reached the end of, of my allotted energy. Yeah. And uh, uh, looking forward to maybe getting a night's rest and, uh, you know, playing pinball with the needles on the way home tomorrow. And uh, yeah, you're going to take you're you're heading home tomorrow midday home. or something like that. All right. Yeah. So so say what, that again. What, you're heading home midday. Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I am going to try to get out of here before noon local so time. So what's the hashtag going to be? Jeb to I am not responsible for that hashtag. <laughs> uh, uh, Jeb to Osh 10B, maybe. I yeah, don't know. Like that. <laughs> I'm also going to do LSA Mall. Um, I'd like to, you know, sort of what you implied, I want to maybe get a scooter or something and just kind of take my yeah. time and explore and kind of soak up the vibe in this last day and uh, maybe see a few things I haven't checked out. David, what do you want to do before we get out of here? See everything. <laughs> that's right. You haven't seen anything yet. Not much. Yeah, that's the job Jeb used to have, but yeah, uh, yeah, he but was way too smart to take it back. Well, the uh, the reality is I've read about all the stuff going on. Now e I get to go look at it. EAA was way too smart to give it back to me. So. <laughs> James, what are you up to the rest of the day? I'm going to start, I think, with the hangars so I can see what I haven't seen uh, this year from last year. Say hello to some of the friends there. Uh, stop by the International Visitors Tent. Say hello to some of the international friends I've made. And get around and see what's going on. Yeah. yeah. A couple of quick shout-outs here. We heard on uh, by uh, I heard by uh, text message from someone who's listening on the stream. Our good friend down in Florida, Dave Shellbetter, says hi. Hey, hey, hey Dave. Hey. And so uh, he's down there. And then here on the ramp, uh, uh, wandering around, is another good friend of the podcast, Tony P., whose last name I won't say because I don't want to out him here. But he's a good friend of ours. He's the guy who got fixed us up with the aeroshell right, right. rides. Right. Tony P. and his year and a half bride, ago. Sam. They, yep. They've they've shown up at all of our stuff. She is unbelievably masochistic yes she's a great she's, well she <laughs> likes the aviation stuff so uh she's a good she we she's the kind of woman we like yeah. before we get off the air yeah we will note that during the show we we, we remarked about the c5 being pushed off of aeroshell square it was actually pushed uh, uh in back in front of us to the threshold of, of runway 18 uh it knelt down the uh, nose opened they turned down a ramp, they wheeled in the tow bar, they buttoned everything back up. I think they have an engine turning. Uh, they are getting ready to launch, but we won't be here for yeah, that. That's right. Hey, we got a couple of thank yous here real quickly, but very, very important stuff. Um, first of all, thank you to all the listeners that we met here this week. Yeah, it's always a thrill to, to bump into uh, listeners here and say hi, and we <laughs> encourage you to please do it. Don't be shy. Come by and say hi to us. We really, really like it. Um, we want to thank Flying Magazine and EAA for the wonderful, wonderful honor they paid us earlier yes. in the week with the uh, Backseat Trophy Award. It's something that I personally will treasure for the rest of and, my life. And, and a big thanks to Michael Maya Charles exactly. to yeah. make the presentation. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Thank you to uh, Farid Gio and Charlie Becker and all those folks at the EAA headquarters who uh, made all of the things we were involved with this week possible. Uh, we really appreciate that. And, for, uh, for hosting us at the Welcome Center for Episode 200 on Wednesday. Exactly. That was extraordinary. Yeah. Very cool, guys. Thanks to Jim Gray, Tom Bellistrieri, and 
all of the staff here at EA Radio for uh, inviting us in, for doing all the tech for us, for getting things going. Um, we really, really appreciate that. Just, just not so much on a sour note or anything like that, but, but to the Line and Cool Brewery people, we really need to talk about the summer shandy thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Dan Johnson from Lama for coming by and telling us about the state of LSAs and My Dave pleasure. and the young Dave, which is always a little, you know, horror stories around the campfire. You know. <laughs> Thank you, Randy Dufoe, for stepping stopping by this morning and uh, and and filling us in on some airplane uh, types and so forth. To James for his world premiere of North Forty. That's James right. And Rick. That's Thanks to Rick Reynolds. Thanks to Rick Reynolds for stopping by, also helping out with that. Um, check us out at, at our website, uncontrolledairspace.com, if you aren't already a listener. Finally, that's Dave Higdon. That's Jeb Burnside. I'm Jack Hodgson. David, what were you going to say? If you came to Oshkosh, your lifespan got lengthened because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. By and that. that's right. That's enough talking. Let's go flying. TTFM. <laughs>